they, they, they will create a routine, as I said earlier. He will create a routine or a travel route, and he will lay these scrapes leading into uh, food locations, mm-hmm. uh, food plots, uh, wide open flats, logging roads. And uh, if, if he's not disturbed or busted out of a predator or humans, he will frequent that as the days progress because the days are getting shorter and their testosterone levels are getting higher and they're getting more aggressive. They're wanting to be more active in the breeding ritual that's getting ready to take place. And the peak here in the Midwest in the southern Missouri is going to be around November 13th. That's the opening day of rifle season. That's when most of the does in this area are coming to Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand, walking in the early dawn to climb up. Wise Eye presents. Welcome to American Roots Outdoors. Alex Rutledge, your host. In the studio is Redbone Mike Trace and Wayne Locke, and I am calling via phone from my home. I'm on the back deck, and I'm watching one, two, three, four, five, six, six deer in my yard and in my woods eating acorns and uh, eating some of my feed out of the feeder. And pre-rut is here, gentlemen. Yeah, you know, we're here at the uh, K-Country studio, and we're looking at 25 deer. 25 deer? Yeah, somebody sent a picture on Facebook. Oh, that was that wasn't funny. <laughs> you guys had me going. That wasn't funny. I was going to say that if he's only looking at six deer, that must have mean that uh, six or f- five or six of them must have got off their leashes there. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, hey, guys, the Cardinals didn't make it. Uh, the Braves are still in there, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I hope the Braves pull it off. I do. Well, they're, they're going to the NLDS. They eliminated the Milwaukee Brewers uh, on Tuesday. And the American League uh, Championship Series already set. Uh, it'll be the uh, uh, Houston Astros to take on the Boston Red Sox. And, of course, we still don't know the outcome of the – well, we will by the time the show airs. But Thursday is when the Giants and the Dodgers are playing Game 5. So, okay. go What's Giants. Go Bob? Giants because I hate the Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. What's your prediction? My prediction, uh, World Series champion uh, will be the Houston Astros. Really? Yep. Wow. Well, you keep up with it more than I do. And, and this time I'm, they're going to do it. Fan. This time they're going to do it without stealing signs. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Well, you know that's what happened last but, time. They were accused of stealing signs and. Uh, but I think this time they'll get it done without without any trickery. They're, they're really good. They're a I really good you. team. Yeah. Well, that's what happens you. when you hire Belichick as a consultant. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, high school football, NFL, Chiefs got beat again. What do you think of that? Well, oh, they didn't get beat. They, they they needed to go to the police station and file a report because they they yeah. were definitely manhandled. Yeah, they got, they got beat up. You know, Alex, I've, I've been thinking about this, and I've, I've been – you know, a chief fan since I was, you know, five or six years old. You know, 55 years of it. And mm-hmm. I don't think there's any chemistry on this team. Somewhere they lost the chemistry that they had. And I'm talking about the chemistry between Patrick Mahomes and his receivers. Uh, the chemistry on defense. I mean, the defense is nothing but one big black hole. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like the opponent said, okay, this time we're going to run right. They could tell the Chiefs what play they're going to run. And I, don't, I still yeah. don't think they could stop it. I mean, the defense is just almost, Yeah, it really is. It's embarrassing. And the turnovers have been terrible. 
the secondary, their ends can't cover the receivers. No, it's it's <laughs> it's really it's it's really bad right now. And like I said, it, it hurts me to say that. But the other thing is they've only, they've only lost three, so they still got a shot to get in the playoffs, and who knows from there. But they're going to have to win out, and somebody's going to have to beat. Uh, I want I wanted to say San Diego. Somebody's going to have to beat the Los Angeles Chargers. Good luck on that. Because those guys, those guys are looking good. They're for real. The Bills are looking hot too in the AFC. Yeah, they're, they're they did good. as long as Chad Allen ran the ball. Mm-hmm. But when he quit running the other night, and then the Chiefs actually made a game of it late. So I don't know. It's the NFL. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I think the Bills look good. They made uh, the Chiefs look terrible, man. No matter what they did, it's like they read their script. Yeah. The offensive script. They could not do nothing. The only, th- only only success they had was when Mahomes would run the ball pretty much, mm-hmm. you know, on the draws. But uh, anyway, uh, high school football, uh, Liberty won a game. My nephew's back in as quarterback. Uh, they beat Kabul 48-22. They put the JV in third quarter. Uh, man, they're looking better now. That they, I'm not saying because he's my nephew, but. They're looking a lot better. He's playing on both sides of the ball, and their defense is much better than it was. And uh, they're looking good. They're three and four, and I guess Thayer got beat. Uh, lost to Ava by Ava. Yeah, and I got to tell you something. Yeah, let's folks. talk that, about that. That Ava team is for real. And here's the oh, deal, yeah, Alex. When you got a class two football team, you got a class two football team, and ten of your eleven starters on offense are seniors. And then all of your starters on defense are seniors. They're hard to beat. They and, and they just do whatever they want to. And that freshman kid they've got over there, and I wish I could remember his name because I know you know we air in Ava. Uh, mm-hmm. That kid is a stud. He's 5'11", 182 pounds. Plays fullback on the varsity wing, Alex, as as a, as yeah. a freshman, and he would carry the pile five yards after they'd pile on him. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, kid's impressive, yeah. really. But their quarterback's really good. He runs the ball extremely well. Mendel and, and the other kid in the backfield that that run the sweeps, they're really good. I mean, they're loaded. Ava, uh, the, the, they may go somewhere. They may go a long ways in the playoffs. Yeah, well, I do know this. We played with them the first quarter, uh, come up to the half. Well, we were scoreless and, at the uh, end of the first quarter. Oh, we played with them, man. We hung with them. Then. Uh, yeah, of course, my nephew Carter wasn't in, the, in there then, but uh, it'll be a different game. We're getting better. We're a very young team, and I'm, I'm proud of all of our schools in our listening areas from Cape Girada to Springfield, Missouri, Salem, Missouri, everywhere. We face Salem this weekend, and uh, Salem's got a pretty good team, Redbone, Wayne. You know, they're big. I'll, I'll just put it that way. They're They're huge. Yeah. Yeah. They are. But anyway, back to hunting. Uh, this show is strategies on being successful on pre-rut whitetail. I'm going to share some of my tricks and my techniques that I use to close the deal on some of these big, mature whitetails here all across the country. And I promise what I'm sharing with you is what I've learned throughout my 30 years of whitetail hunting. And hopefully it'll help you, our listeners, uh, close the deals on more mature bucks so we've got a great show lined up for everybody redbone wayne Locke, and uh, we're going to go to a break and you're listening to american roots outdoors and we'll be right back with more right after this right here right now this is chancy walters listening to american roots outdoors with alex rutledge the ozark herd bull wishing on some love i've been on a big boy for a while like a 
Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day? I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move. Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology? This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera? On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com. And how do I find out more information about these guys? You go to WiseEyeSmartCam.com. I'm using them. You should, too. Make your hunt easier. Use WiseEye. Up a big old hill. Year after year. Got my hunting gear. Hornady presents American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends. I'm the Red Bull Mike Grace. Wayne Locks in the studio. We've got Alex Rutledge on the phone. And we want to talk uh, pre-rut, which is uh, kind of where the bucks are now in the uh, in the hunting season here as we get into uh, mid-October. So, Alex, first, what what is the pre-rut by definition? What is what it is what does it mean when you say pre-rut? Pre-rut is where uh, your white-tailed bucks have already shed their velvet, and the daylight is getting shorter in length throughout the day. The testosterone levels are getting higher within these uh, white-tailed bucks, and you will start seeing them bust up in their bachelor groups, and they are now starting to cruise, what we call cruise, and that's that's walking uh, areas, and they're seeking out receptive does that may be coming in early. Uh, during the pre-rut, you also start finding sign like rubs, scrapes, and uh, these scrapes that the first ones you find, they're, they're not really telling you a lot uh, other than they're just trying to be accepted by the does that they've been making scrapes right there. He may not come back to it and frequent it yet. So I call them what I call the early scrapes like that, cocky scrapes. It means he came through there. He may have seen another buck or seen does, and he's trying to impress him. He goes to palm the ground to, to look, show his aggression, and, and then it's part of the breeding ritual, showing this symbol and uh, body language. And then what he'll do, he may take a licking branch and chew on that limb with his teeth and rub his preorbital glands, which is between his eyes and his forehead, and leave his scent there. It's like leaving a business card uh, for somebody to, hey, call me later, or I've been by here, I'll be back. Then what happens is he'll urinate in that scrape uh, if he plans on coming back and visiting it again. So uh, I've seen scrapes where they don't do anything. They didn't urinate or even make a licking branch or chew on it, just all underground underneath the limb. But the scrapes you want to look for as the days progress here is the scrapes that you see that are cleaned out every day. And how you know they're cleaned out every day is by walking visually seeing those scrapes or setting a wise eye camera up on these sites. And as you all know, we talk about the wise eye cameras almost every show because I'm telling you, it's one of the most lethal weapons you can have in your arsenal of hunting whitetails. Wouldn't you agree, Wayne? Oh, yeah, definitely agree because I know just putting the pictures that uh, we've been getting on this new place that uh, you know we have our cameras on now, uh, you were able mm-hmm. to take that information, put together a plan, and then put that plan in motion uh, instead of doing a guessing game like you used to have to do and go in, mm-hmm. walk in, get your cards, then check your cards, and then you're leaving that scent, you're disturbing the area. 
Uh, I mean, we don't even have to go in there. I mean, it's been a couple of weeks we haven't stepped foot in there, but we're getting our pictures every day on our phones, and we're able to yeah. do a plan from, you know, 10 miles from where the farm is. Exactly. And as I'm speaking to you, I've got a buck walking up the hill to four does. He's getting ready to check them right now, and the does are about 60 yards from me. He's he's come downwind of them. He's coming up to them right now, believe it or not. I'm telling you the truth. Wow. So this buck, it's one of these bucks I'm talking about. He's cruising. He's trying to find and be accepted by does. See, there's families of deer like there's families of humans. Mm -hmm. So these bucks are cruising, and he'll go from doe location to doe locations and trying to be accepted. It's his cruising route. It's just a routine that he'll start making. And once he finds a hot doe, he will lock in and stay in that area with that doe. So pre-rut, the scrapes that you're finding right now, depending on where you're at, hunt the active scrapes. There's different types of scrapes. So by setting a wise-eye camera on it, you can set in your living room, your truck, your vehicle, and it will send you pictures and tell you which scrapes are active if you set these scrapes uh, cameras up on these scrapes. As Alex says, we as we talk about the pre-rut and and, and the bucks, some of them making scrapes. Uh, will they will they make their entire scrape line uh, here during the pre-rut, or do you do you encounter that 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 happens over time as they continue to find areas where there are does because the does aren't going to move as far and as much as the bucks. That's why they go go finding them. Uh, you know, are they going to go out and they're going to make that, you know, because bucks, I don't know how many scrapes they're liable to make, but they'll make a whole line. Do they do it all one time, yeah. or is it something that's just done over time as they find more does in a different area? They, 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 they will create a routine, as I said earlier. He will create a routine or travel route, and he will lay these scrapes leading into uh, food locations, mm -hmm. uh, food plots, uh, wide open flats, logging roads. And uh, if, if he's not disturbed or busted out of a predator or humans, he will frequent that as the days progress because the days are getting shorter and their testosterone levels are getting higher and they're getting more aggressive. They're wanting to be more active in the breeding ritual that's getting ready to take place. And the peak here in the Midwest in the southern Missouri is going to be around November 13th. That's the opening day of rifle season. That's when most of the does in this area that are coming to estrus. So... Uh, what I want to say is, hunting the pre-rut, some of the things you can do to to make uh, your hunt more successful is create these food plots like Eagle Seed Smorgasbord. And what I do on my property is I plant most of the food source in the middle of the property, and I plant these little teasers on the edge, and they'll be different than what I have in the middle. What it does, it pulls the deer from the neighbors into the edge, and once they find that and they catch whiff or scent, of these other does that's congregating in the middle of the property, man, they got to seek out what's going on in the middle of the property. So you can create your success by creating food plots and, and create these food plots where there's logging roads coming into it. And another thing, and I shared this in a video here a few months ago, I went through and cleaned out a logging road, and I cleaned out a bunch of overhanging limbs that deer would normally scrape under. There was like 10 or 12 of them. And I strategically place two or three within bow range of my stance. So those deer have got to go to those limbs to make their scrapes. All right. Now, are, are mock scrapes going to do any good here in the pre-rut? Right now is an excellent time to be making mock scrapes to create curiosity 
amongst all deer, does and bucks. Okay. Now, remember, deer identify each other visually, and they also identify each other through scent. They remember each other. They have a memory like you and I and like a dog. So when they they uh, smell that certain buck, and if they've been whipped with that certain buck, and say this this buck has been whipped, he don't want to go in there. So if it's a new buck scent that's coming there, and this deer's aggressive, he's going to come and check it out. He's thinking, all right, uh, maybe I need to rumble with this guy. Maybe I need to come in there and check it out. So if you're going to make mock scrapes, you set your wise eye camera up on it, you get bucks starting to frequent it, start hitting it, you'll have several different bucks come into it, and the bucks that are not aggressive, they will they will skirt it. They'll go around it. But you're going to lure aggressive deer to mock scrapes bucks right now and that's a great tactic to be using during the pre-rut right now well and that's a good point alex and you know we got to go to a break right now but when we come back i want to let's pick up more on these mock scrapes and some different uh techniques that you can use to you know bring those deer in at this time and you're listening to american roots outdoors with alex rutledge and friends we'll be right back hey everybody this is michael water with bone collector and you're listening to my buddy alex rutledge on american roots outdoors man don't miss an episode up a big old hill Year after year Got my hunting gear How many of you are tired of your batteries running out of energy, out of power? Let me tell you about Amped Outdoors. I've changed using the batteries I have had in the past. Amped Outdoors, I have the new 80 amp, 24 volt, single battery, weighs 46 pounds. This thing has produced energy all day long. Tested for two days, total use 11 hours. Cannot tell the batteries has even lost any energy. Go to Amped Outdoors if you want to be successful and not run out of power. So you never gotta worry what the wind might do. American Roots. Eagle Seed presents. American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and Friends. This is Wayne Lockett, Mike Crayson Studio. With me, Alex is on the phone via his homestead there in Birch Tree. Uh, Alex, you know, we were talking about uh, the pre-rut and, you know, what it is. And uh, Mike had uh, asked what your comparison was. And one of the things I always looked and compared it to was it reminds me of a sixth grade dance. And that is you got your boys on one end of the gym the girls on the other than the gym, the girls are always the ones that go out into the dance floor first, a.k.a. the food plot area or your fields. And the boys are just going to sit there and they're just going to watch and watch and wait until they see the right opportunity for them to start coming into the dance floor, which <laughs> now then becomes your rut. So, <laughs> I mean, that's the way I've always looked at it. It just reminds me of a dance floor or, you know, the dancing in that when you were back in sixth grade that you always sat to the sidelines and it was the young ones always went out there. Oh, I can go dance with that girl. And then poof, they get shot down and poof, they get shot down. And then finally, the the, the bigger, mature guys, the, the, the studs of the group, they're now going to go out to the field and be like, OK, I'll dance with you. And yeah, the seventh, they get the dance. The seventh, the seventh, graders. seventh graders. You got it. That's I was just going to lead to that. <laughs> But that's what it always reminded me of, the pre-run. It just reminds me of uh, of the old uh, dances from 6th and 7th grade. I would agree with you. It, it does, you could compare that to that. I agree. And it's funny, guys. As you brought the show in. I've got a 135-inch eight-pointer. just now walked up, and he's within 35 yards of my yard right now with a doe and another buck. It's about 120 inches. 
It's pretty crazy. <laughs> the the pre-rut is definitely here right now. I just whistled at my wife and told her to come out here. Well, you're always whistling at your wife, though. Linda Bird likes that. <laughs> Linda's asking me, which, which buck is that? It's a new one. Look at him. Yeah. But anyway, she's on the phone with her best friend from Bob Burnham. But, uh, yeah, pre-rut is here. And, and, Wayne, what a great analogy. Again, just repeating, you know, uh, you know, there's a pecking order within whitetail, just like there are within humans or mm-hmm. with turkeys or whatever. You know, now that this mature buck has walked up here in the yard, and I can't believe it, it's blowing my mind. And I'm, I'm within 35 yards of him right now and with a doe, and that younger deer has backed out. He's kind of edged over to the side, like, you know, you were saying, you know. <laughs> you know, we were talking about, uh, you know, hunting the scrapes, that one of the mistakes that if you're after a mature buck that I find a lot of hunters make, you know, talking to them and they're trying to figure out why they're not seeing anything on the scrapes and that they're only seeing the small ones. And I try to tell them, listen, a, a mature buck is not going to go to right to those scrapes every single day, every single one. What you need to do instead of setting up on the scrape, you know, and this, I'm talking wood hunters, you know, not field hunters here, but the, you know, don't set up on the scrape. You need to set up about 30 yards to 40 yards off of that scrape. Look for that that buck trail that's off the scrape because that's the one that the mature bucks are going to go be downwind of that scrape. They're just going to go by that scrape. They're going to lift their nose up in the air. They're going to smell to see if there's anything new coming from that scrape. And if not or nothing that they're interested in, they're going to keep on walking. But just because the scrape hasn't been hit doesn't mean there wasn't a mature buck visiting it because they're going to visit it with their nose before they visit it with their feet. Very well said, Wayne. You're right. You know, unless you have a decoy set up over that scrape in that area, and those bucks, if you're doing some grunting and rattling over those mock scrapes, you might lure him into bow range mm-hmm. when he sees that decoy or he hears the sounds of another buck. Right. So the big thing, too, I want to say when you're hunting scrapes is, is you know, Again, use trail cameras like the Wise Eye camera. They'll send you pictures. Don't go into an area just say, "Oh man, this is going to be good." Thinking it's going to be good. Uh, don't assume. Make it happen. How do you make it happen? You make it happen by by gathering data. You do it with trail cameras or glassing and watching from a distance. That's where a lot of people mess up. They say, "Oh man, it feels like a good day to hunt. I'm going to go hunt today." They don't pay attention to wind. They don't pay attention how they go into their location. And they end up blowing deer out of there. So that that's the keys to success. And what we do here at American Roots, we wash our clothes, our hair, our body. We're sent free. We don't wear our clothes in the truck. Uh, we don't wear our boots in the truck to the gas station. We, 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 we spray down with, with Selimination products. And we don't have a sponsor now, so there's lots of great products out there. But Selimation uh, is a great one. And uh, Texas Raised Honey Products, another great product. Uh, Scent Guardian. And uh, you, you you be clean. And when you go into your location and you've collected the data you want to collect, either by binoculars or trail cameras, you you go in with the wind hitting you in the face. You try to use the route that that best gets you in there without spooking any deer to to that location. You know, Alex, I was thinking about the scent elimination products uh, earlier today, actually. We were, you know, thinking about, we wanted to talk about that on on the show today. And and we've had several scent elimination products sponsors over the last, you know, five, six, seven years. And uh, I was just thinking about the different ones that we've used. And 
go back to the original Sinaway products. They really are the best thing out there. I mean, when you use that you know, whole when you use that whole Sinaway system, you know the detergent and the deodorant and the mouthwash and the toothpaste. I mean, you use the whole system. It really is the best thing out there. It, it, the, the, the overall, with mm-hmm. all the product line they have, they they probably do fit the the spectrum better than any other company. Yeah, but but there is there is other companies out there that has, in my opinion, Sinaway is one of the tops. Mm-hmm. But, but this company, uh, they're not paying me. They've not paid me to promote them. We promoted them over a year last year, but their Texas-raised hunting product, Sex mm-hmm. Guardian, is probably the best Nation product I've ever used. Would you agree with that, Wayne, Oh, when yeah, it I, comes to a spray? Yeah, I definitely like it, and, and the fact that it eliminates more than just the human body odor. I mean, dog smell, cat smell. You know, you get it on, you spray it on your bag, spray it on your equipment. The smells you pick up just in your, you know, having your equipment in your truck. Uh, ga- uh, gas station smells. I mean, there wasn't anything that we found scientifically wise. If you looked at the data, and uh, that's one of the things I always like doing was looking at the data from these testing that they did of the kind of stuff that it did eliminate that other products don't. And I think that was the biggest thing mm-hmm. that separated them. Yeah, and, and, and I agree with the, the, the spray. I was just talking about the overall system. Uh, yeah, I would you know, agree with you. Yeah, I, you know, I, I as as a one for the overall. Yeah, and and I know we got to go. I, I know we got to go to a break here, but I I would in the next segment I'd like to touch on, and you can think about this during the break here, Alex, is uh, uh, cover scents, and, and I've got an opinion okay. on cover scents, and and we'll talk about that coming up. You're listening to American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends. We'll be back after this. Hey y'all, it's Tyler Farr. And you're hanging with me and my good buddy, Alex Rutledge, on American Roots Outdoors. For whatever kind of fishing you want to do, Denali Rods has got the rod for you. Based in Mountain Home, Arkansas, Denali Rods has got rods for all types of fishermen, from the Covert Series to the Attack Series. They are the rod preferred by Alex Rutledge and American Roots Outdoors. Find a dealer near you by logging on to their website, DenaliRods.com. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram. I'm Alex Rutledge, and I love my Denali Rods. North Tree Stands presents Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors, everybody. Alex Rutledge via phone from my back deck on my backyard, in my backyard, and I'm watching deer, and we've had a great show so far talking about uh, pre-rut reading scrapes and sign. We haven't talked much about rub, but I just want to touch on that real quick, guys. Rub lines is also a signpost of the way the deer's traveling. So, People yep. that hunt rub lines, you want to take each rub and get you a topo when you go to Onyx Hunt Map and mark every spot on your Onyx where you're finding these rubs. You'll see it's going to lead you to a food source, a bedding area, or something. You connect those dots, and it's telling you that that's a travel route. So rub lines are a productive way to also harvest deer right now during the pre-rut. Now, when that peak rut gets here, and we're going to talk about that later in the show here, this is 
the, I believe, the third segment, right? No, this is the last the segment of the radio show, yeah. Last one, okay. All right, well, we better talk about it now then. <laughs> uh, then I'll let you ask some questions. Uh, once the, the peak rut gets in and they get with these does, uh, what you got to focus on now is finding the does that they're hanging out with. So that's what I do. And how do you, you congregate does is by food source, and that's food plots. And when you have successful, healthy food plots that's nutritious and got a great flavor, you're going to hold a lot of does. And one of the things I do is I don't shoot none of my does before the rut. I wait to shoot the does after the rut. So rubs and scrapes are not as predictive during the peak breeding because they're with the does, and they're not traveling far usually. Yeah, and I don't want to get too much into the uh, the actual peak rut because that's going to be next week's episode. <laughs> because uh, okay. yeah, we're we're, we're gonna that that's a there's a whole lot we can talk about that peak rut uh, that's going to play part. But uh, I don't, Mike, you were talking about cover scent there. Yeah, yeah, I, and I have an opinion about cover scent, and I I learned this from uh, from my uncle who taught me everything there is to know about deer hunting when I was you know, when I moved to Thayer 42 years ago and decided I wanted to go deer hunting. And he, we spent hours and hours talking and, and probably has forgot more about deer hunting than most, most other people will, will ever know. And I asked him one time, a couple of years in, what about these cover scents? You know, people use these cover scents when they go to the woods. And he said, let me tell you a story. He said, I used to run beagles. And he said, beagles would get sprayed right in the face by a skunk. He said, right in the face, and they could still trail rabbits and run rabbits. He said, a deer's nose is a hundred times better than a beagle dog's nose. So if you think because you're using that cover scent that that deer's not going to smell you, no, they're still going to smell you. It will help. He said, I'm not, I'm not knocking them. Anything can help. But he said, I'm just going to say this. Use all the cover scents you want, but hunt the wind. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's a good point, and, and mm-hmm. there's some truth to what you're saying, but I do want to say this. Uh, you and I, as humans, and our listeners have the, the uh, we are able to decipher different smells. Mm-hmm. And I use this analogy when I do seminars, and if you walk up to a food barn, you've got your eyes shut, you can close your eyes and walk by the peas. You can walk by the potato salad. You can walk by the coleslaw, the beans, uh, the lettuce. You will know those smells as you walk by them. Mm-hmm. And also, if you fix a good chili red bone like you do and mm-hmm. Wayne, you can close your eyes and smell that chili and tell what's in that chili by smelling it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Think about that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what a deer does. They do the same thing. They're deciphering uh, the different smells that, that they smell. So they have that, their, the availability of that and, and what they can do is mind-blowing. So cover scents, I believe in cover scents. But cover scents are not going to work if you're not being clean. Mm-hmm. You've got to be clean. Well, it goes back to what uh, Mike example, was saying, right, about the, it being a system. You know, you got to take care of your your hair, your body, your your clothes, and now do your cover scent. It's all part of a system to make it work because everything yeah. plays a part, but not one part is the whole part. Right. 
Because there's, right. there's guys I know, young kids, especially young hunters, be like, oh, I sprayed myself with this new pine stuff that I got, you know, from this, uh, Walmart and that, man, I, and I still didn't see any deer. Well, did you shower before you? No, no, no. I just came right from football yeah. practice. And- yeah. Are there, are there, yeah. Are there yeah. any pine trees in the forest where you where hunt? Where you hunt, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going to say. I was going to go to that point. Why do you want to use something that's not familiar, a cover scent within the area? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And yeah. I've shared this thousands of times at seminars and on talk shows and one of the things you may laugh at this but being clean scent free i have literally literally changed into my clothes sprayed down spray my hair even your watch band will hold order odor <laughs> take your watch band if you don't believe it smell your watch band your watch band will have an odor to it spray your watch band use your deodorant on your watch band mm-hmm yeah, I would I would agree, and 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 another thing for people that that maybe can't afford to buy some of these products because some of them can can get kind of expensive. And Alex, I know you remember the days back when you were a kid. Uh, there are things you can do that you might just have around the house to help. And, and one of those, uh, you know, way back in the day before all these things came out, we used to brush our teeth with baking soda, and and gargle with you know put a little baking soda in water and gargle that, and put baking soda in our boots. Right. So if our feet sweat. You know, while you're walking, it was a relatively warm day. That baking soda would soak up that odor and would get those odors out of your boots. And I mean, there are a lot of things that you can do without having to go out and spend a bunch of money on a bunch of products. But anyway, I know we've just got uh, uh, just about two minutes left here on the radio show. So I know there are several things that you want to hit on, Alex, before we're done. Yeah, we are. We've had a great show. And we're going to have a part two of this next week talking about the peak rut strategies of that because it's coming up here within about three weeks, two to three weeks. And you're going to see the rut get, even get more aggressive as we yeah. move on here throughout the days. And I want to thank you all for listening. And, guys, share the outdoors with a kid, uh, your neighbors, whoever. Get them involved in the outdoors. It's our heritage. It's our tradition. It's in our American roots. And remember, Wayne? When your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. So you never gotta worry what the wind might do. American Roots. Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Camped Outdoors presents the bonus segment. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. Alex Rutledge again on my back patio. And this is crazy, guys. I'm sitting here, and I just had a, a two-and-a-half-acre lake built. And all of a sudden, I heard my wife hollering. You may have heard it on the show. Somebody's driving down my boundary on a ATV. And she jumps in the truck with her pistol, runs down there, <laughs> and pulls them over at gunpoint. And said, "What the crap are you picturing?" They ju- jumped out of the the ATV. Hey, it's me, Lynn. It's me, Lynn. It's the guy that built my lake. Oh. <laughs> 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 then I text- looked, and Mallory's jumping in my truck, and she's got her pistol. She's running over there, and I guarantee you, they were scared to death. Linda said, "Don't you know I can <laughs> shoot, boys?" 
<laughs> I said them Rutledge women are nothing to mess with. I'm telling you. Yeah, well, what I what I what I take out of all of that is Alex just sat there on the porch. <laughs> well, I was on the phone. Yeah, oh, I was the- on the phone. Uh, we're talking to you guys. I didn't want to mess up the show, but I knew my wife could take care of it. She's killed a lot of skunks and possums and coons in her Victoria's Secrets. Oh, I thought you were going to say she's with I, a flashlight. I, I thought you were going to say she's killed a lot. She's killed a lot of trespassers. I said that's why her that's why her flowers grow so well in that front garden there. <laughs> but anyway, we got it resolved. It was the guy that built my my lake, and he's showing it to another neighbor up the road, but. Back to pre-rut, guys. I mean, pre-rut is just basically where the bucks have shed their velvet. They're not in bachelor groups no more. Their horns are hard. Their testosterone levels, again, are getting high. They're getting aggressive, and they know the rut is coming, and that's part of the rut. And they know these girls' perfume uh, are, are starting to smell, and they're cruising. They're trying to find some girls to date. And that's what's happening right now in pre-rut. Yeah. They're trying to be accepted and find these harems of does and clusters in different locations. They may make, depending, according to biologists, they may make a five-mile route in circumference. Oh, yeah. Five miles. Easily. Yeah, no, last and year they, we they talked got, about that one. Uh, Mike was talking about the one that went from uh, Kansas City all the way to St. Louis yeah. during the rut. Yeah, I mean, during yeah, the rut. Yeah, 200 cow. miles. Yep, yep. Can you imagine how many times that, that buck got his uh, rear end whipped going, <laughs> going 200 miles across the state? <laughs> it may have been. <laughs> Kept getting run out. But, uh, you know, one of the things anyway. that uh, I was going to say, Alex, one of the things that is happening this month that is talked about every year uh, is the October law. That is, you know, everybody talks about, man, I ain't seen no deer. This, well, it's because it's the October law. You know, I haven't seen a deer in two weeks. Well, it's because it's the October law. To you, what is the October law? And to our listeners, explain to them what that means to you. Uh, October law is when the movement slows down. You're not seeing the deer that you were seeing. And a lot of it, you can contribute it to weather, you can contribute it to uh, the time of on the calendar. And also the upcoming moon phase, you know, where we're going to have a full moon here in another 20 days or so, something like that. Mm-hmm. We'll have a full moon. And uh, what happens is these deer have come out of that prep phase in the velvet shed, and all of a sudden they start cruising. They cruise hard for the next two or three weeks. <coughs> then they, they just get tired and they get run down, and they don't feel as motivated to move as much, too, is what I think. Then uh, unless there's hot dough that's, you know, coming into esters. You know, so that's what the law is to me. And yeah, they, and they they slow down a little bit, and they realize not every doe in the country is receptive yet, and they just kind of lock in close to areas where they know does are at, and they don't move as much. So then all of a sudden, the weather temperatures drop more, and the temperatures get colder, and and the daylight's getting shorter, and the testosterone levels are getting higher, and all of a sudden that burst busts wide open again. Usually about the third week of October. It's when they pick it back up. And the lull here in the Midwest, Southern Missouri, has been aware from around the 13th through 17th, 18th. And all of a sudden, 19th, 20th, Katie bar the doors for about a week. Yeah, and I think and I think the fact that the acorns are falling right now also attributes to it. Because they go from the fields and the food plots where you've been seeing them or grazed alongside the highways or whatever the case may be, now they're in the woods and they're eating those acorns. And it's like 
being in a rainstorm when you go out in the woods right now, at least in my part of the country. I was talking to a friend of mine at lunch on Tuesday, and he said in his front yard, he has a giant oak tree. I mean, this is a giant oak tree, probably eight feet around, maybe 10. And he said it was, I looked up there the other day, and it was covered in acorns. Now, his house sits in the middle of his farm. And uh, he said, I went back out there after that uh, storm the other night, and he said it was crunch, crunch, crunch all over the yard. He said that storm blew all the acorns off. And he said that night he looked out, and there were eight deer standing out in his front yard eating acorns. So <laughs> I, I think that also has a lot to do with what we call the October lull. Those acorns start falling, and the deer are like, yay, the buffet is open. <laughs> Right, and I was yeah, like, and they don't have to travel as far. So exactly, they don't travel exactly. very far. They're just laying there eating, laying back down eating. They don't travel as far. Exactly, right. and a lot and, part of the law. And that's what you got to tell these hunters that say that you know they're not seeing any deer. It's like the deer haven't left you. You're just not seeing them in the yeah. field. You know, you're not able to spot them from your exactly. truck. You know, when you're driving by, they're still there. They're just in the woods eating. And these storms actually will help shorten that October lull mm-hmm. for the same reason what Mike was just saying. Those storms came through, knocked all the acorns out, which now shortens the time span that the acorns are on the ground because the deer are going to be eating them. Had we not had these storms, it's going to take longer for those acorns to fall. It's going to last longer, and it would have kept them mm-hmm. in the woods you know, even longer. But now that the the storms came through, knocked those acorns down, they'll be back out in those fields pretty quick. Yeah, and I think also yeah, those bucks are are getting filled up right now because uh, their their feeding time is fixing to get very short because they're going to have their minds on something other than feeding. So uh, you know, instinctively, I think they maybe overeat to build up all that energy for the upcoming rut. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say this: you know, we talk about. Acorns, 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 and pre-rut is here, is the front part of pre-rut, and it'll progress uh, as the days get shorter, colder. Uh, there's nothing deer like any more than acorns. The only thing maybe near acorns that they like better and, and straight up now is two things. is either smorgasbord food plots by eagle seed or alfalfa. And my neighbor got alfalfa. They got over 50 acres of alfalfa. And I'm not seeing the mature bucks that I've seen in the past years. And I know that's where most of the deer are at. They're on the alfalfa. They do love the alfalfa. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's acorn tree, big acorn trees around the alfalfa field. So they don't need to leave there. Well, they're going to be leaving there once your lake starts filling up with some water. (laughs) Yeah, that'll help because that's going to be the largest water source in a big area. This lake is going to be two and a half acres, probably. Yep. And I can't wait for you guys to come over and once it fills up and we're going to put a boat dock on it and we'll barbecue and, and hopefully it'll be clear enough. We may even swim in it next summer. Yeah. I, I, I said, Mike, have you seen pictures of his lake at all? Uh, no, I have not seen any pictures here, of it. I'm going to show you a quick picture here. I hope he put some big old catfish in there so we can go catch a big catfish. Now, yeah, you see that? Uh, time? We will. We're going to put crappie and catfish and largemouth and perch oh. in there. Is what we're going to put in. I may even put some smallmouth in there. Wow! So it's yeah. going to it goes right up to the wood line. I mean, that's going to be a nice place to. Well, yeah. you can set. I'm sitting right here right now, and the dam is about hundred about two hundred yards from me, and that hmm. big holler right behind my garage. Yeah, so, it'll back way up in behind the garage. Yeah, well, I was there. My I was boat there, on yeah, was there a couple we, years ago. Him, I was there a couple years ago. You were talking about that's where you wanted to build a lake. So. 
Yeah, I just showed yep. Mike the well, picture that I took the other day, Alex, when uh, me and Braxton were over there. And yeah. the little tiny white dot in the middle is Braxton in the middle of this lake. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's going to be when this thing starts getting water. And, and there's, Mike, there's there's just a tiny little puddle in there now, about four feet wide, right, at the very bottom. Yep. And there are deer prints already coming down the slope right to that one little puddle. Oh, wow. So I, that's why we always tell people, you don't need a big lake. You don't need big ponds to attract deer. Sometimes just a puddle. If you have a constant puddle that you can do, it'd be you'd be amazed at how many deer will come and visit that. Especially, you know, we're going back to the October lull thing. You got the the heat that hits in the middle of October a lot of times in places. Uh, you know, we had uh, 85 degrees last week, uh, 88 degrees. Those little puddles like that, you know, those are perfect because they need to cool off too. Yeah, they do. I, I want to say this, you know, also another reason we, we put this lake in here for enjoyment of the family, but also for the wildlife. And we paid for it out of our pocket. God has blessed us to be able to afford to do this. And uh, I want to commend Dwayne Wagner, Crazy D's Dozing, for coming here and doing this. And, man, he done me an excellent job and very affordable. I want to encourage all of my listeners to get a hold of Dwayne Wagner and Birch Tree, Missouri, Crazy D's Dozing, if you're interested in building a lake or a pond. But he's staying pretty much covered up. But what's going to happen, too, is that... Uh, I want to say this. I went in this morning and spread. Wayne, you knew I was going to do it. I took some Eagle Seed smorgasbord and spread it all in the bottom of that mm-hmm. lake all the way up the holler. Well, that so that's going to be another food plot here close to the house. And there will be scrapes all the way around this thing. I guess it's going to help. Look yeah. Now there'll be scrapes. And it's going to help with the erosion factor, too, until that thing starts filling up. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I want to say this to our listeners, too, man. You need to be out there now. Youth season's coming up in a lot of different states. You need to be out there shooting your rifles, man, getting these kids tuned in. You let them build their confidence. And uh, we want to encourage you to shoot Hornady Ammunition. You know, Hornady gives back millions of dollars to different organizations to fight for our rights as gun owners. And they're huge Second Amendment supporters. And they're in Grand Island, Nebraska, Hornady Ammunition. Go to the website. Uh, go to their Facebook page and tell them American Roots Outdoors sent you. Uh, we need to support more companies like that. And we need to make more products here in America, and we don't have to worry about getting products into our country. So I just want to say that. But, uh, to that. Pre-rut is where it's at right now. You guys need to you hunt scrapes, connect the dots, get the Onyx map, uh, and you can lay uh, – Put your scrapes where every scrape you find on your Onyx map, connect the dots, and it's going to tell you where you need to set up to close the deal on one of his mature bucks during the pre-rut. No doubt, no doubt. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening to the bonus segment here on the podcast, and uh, be sure to leave us a five-star review. Leave your name in the review so we can get a hold of you when we draw a winner. we got another winner coming in a week, uh, and that winner is going to be winning a Wise Eye camera, their new mini cam. Mm-hmm. It was just announced yeah. last week on our show, uh, so that's going to be a big deal. That's going to be a huge prize that we're going to be giving out. That's actually going to be our biggest, uh, just other than our year-end giveaway. That's going to be our biggest giveaway yeah. this year. Well, we're going to give away American Roots hat uh, in this after this show here on our drawing. Yep. So camouflage or an orange one, whatever they choose. American Roots with the American Roots logo on it. Sounds good. Guys, we thank you all for listening. We thank you all for listening. Thank you, Wayne. Thank you, Redbone, for what you do to help American Roots spread the word about hunting and the outdoors and our constitutional rights. Remember, we got to stand up, everybody, against tyranny. It's all about you and me and our families. 
our constitutional rights. We got to stand up for it. We're under attack. Remember, when your roots run deep and strong, boys, there's no reason to fear the wind. <laughs>